On today's podcast, we talk about how solving boredom and frustration in your customer journey is actually the secret to scaling your company, not everything else you've been told. So let's get into the episode. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Because this is the Mind of George podcast where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George Show. And today, we're gonna talk about customer journey. But we're going to talk about how boredom and frustration are really the things that prevent your customers from getting the results you want or getting the results they want, which in turn get you results by the more products. And so in this whole month, we're talking about customer journey. And Ashley has been doing so much research on everything around customer journey in the current trend since it's being talked about. And so we are going to use this whole month. So make sure if this is the first episode you're finding, if this happens to be the first one, make sure you also listen to episode 384 and 382 and this whole month with everything customer journey. Because today's episode is extremely, extremely important. And I'm going to teach this through inversion theory. We're going to focus on the mistakes and kind of how to think. So you have some questions and some places to put some easy solutions in your customer journeys in they exist where in their existence whether they're your e-commerce product whether they're your coaching model whether it's your uh business to business whether somebody walks into your brick and mortar whatever when you listen to today's show listen through that lens and start thinking about the places where you think that you might be losing in business because a customer isn't using your product or they're not taking it or they're not getting a result, but it might be just simply because there's something else in the customer journey that's allowing frustration or overwhelm that's getting in the way of them even starting. And so when we think about these things, it really sets the context for us to win. And so to set the tone of today's podcast, I have to leave my office in 24-ish minutes to make a flight to go give a keynote tomorrow. So I'm going to be on time today. So we don't have to worry about this one going off the rails because I have notes in front of me because I knew and Ashley knew that I had to be on time. And by the way, do you like my new little light thingy here? I'm really stoked on this and I'm going to be playing with this more, but it like reacts to my voice, but I don't have that mode on right now. If you're not watching this on video, you have no idea what I'm talking about. So go to Instagram or YouTube and look at a clip, but I have this like infinity light device in front of me that my incredible, incredible friend, Garen Jones, who's been on the podcast. If you have not listened to his show, go listen to it. It's Oh my God, I cried. I listened to that episode like 20 times, Uh, but he he told me about this. So I have them all over my office. But if I do the sound reaction, it gets a little confusing, but I can make it pink. And that has nothing to do with today's show, but either way, I should get into this. So I should make my flight. Okay. So we're going to talk about how to remove boredom and frustration from your customer journey. So in this lens, these are my notes of kind of like painting the picture of what we're talking about here. So even though social media has brought new opportunities and challenges for business owners, the foundational aspects required to have a phenomenal customer experience still remain the same, i.e. before the internet, we still had foundational principles that were required to have a good customer experience and people forgot. And those same principles apply to the internet. And when you remember them, it makes this a whole lot easier. Customers still have challenges to solve. And even as the competition grows, your company still has the opportunity to interact with and wow them through a meaningful customer journey i.e. I think the whole reason I make this podcast is I just want you to do that, please. So what has changed, however, is how customers seek ways to solve their challenges and interact with companies. 
Many companies, and maybe this is you too, will focus on just generating a positive effect. While it is important, it is often even more effective to minimize negative customer experiences. And this is 1000% true for me. This is how I look at building every single customer journey is I look at removing the friction, removing the objections, and then I allow my content or my product to do the work. Because when we can pre-handle those things, it gives us a better chance of our customers achieving success. So why does this matter? Well, this matters because I think in my experience now in doing this for so long, I've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times people convinced that their product sucks or their offer sucks or their course sucks or their video sucks. When in actuality, it was incredible, but it wasn't broken down in a bite-sized manner. So there was too much friction for somebody to consume it. And we see this in life all the time. It's when you sign up for a new workout program and it's so overwhelming and intense that you can't keep doing it. But when it's chunked down, you build those momentums and those consistency. And so that's why this matters so much. And so you can address these negative customer experiences by really breaking it down into two buckets when it comes to things that get in the way of customer's journey. Their emotional journey, which is frustration and boredom. Focusing on frustration first and putting this in the lens of customer journey means you're requiring them to put an extra time, effort, or money while interacting with your company. These minor points of frustration can quickly destroy an overall customer experience. So you hear me talk about this and you should go listen to the podcast where I talk about the mistakes customer journey or come to our event to learn them, but the zone of doubt and the inverse journey and the drown the journey all cause these moments and experiences before they even get into using our product, which all get in the way of them doing it. And so what we have to remember is when somebody gives us their email or somebody gives us their credit card, our product isn't the answer. They're just buying it, but they want to be helped to hold accountable. They want to know how to drive it. If you go buy a new vehicle and it's got all this tech, you want to be taught how to use it before you go drive it, even though you just bought it. And customers want the same thing. And so think think of some things to think about here. So like review your checkout process if you're an e-commerce business. So like replacing a register button with a continue button was a really simple change that could be made. This simple change made registration a benefit rather than a barrier to purchase, resulting in a 45% increase in the number of shoppers completing purchases and generating an additional $300 million in revenue in the first year. So in the show notes, there's all these studies that we reference, and this is one of them. And this is actually something that I've seen to be true as well. So in this study, they looked at an e-com company and they were doing some CRO, so conversion rate optimization, and thinking through the customer's experience. And when they did that test and they went from the word register to continue, it changed the conversions and led to those numbers. For me, I've talked about this on the podcast extensively in my like famous abandoned cart sequence where instead of giving a discount, I solved objections and we recovered like 40% more of the cart. It was the same thing. It was just simply removing friction in really creative ways that just led to being people being able to progress towards the result they wanted. And so when it comes to boredom, One thing I'm seeing a lot of focus on is to excite customers and re-engaging them with the company's products and services by adding interactive experiences aimed at connecting with customers on an emotional level. It's about making it personal and putting them into flow or into the zone. This simple principle that we often use when it comes to getting tasks completed also applies to curing boredom with your customers. Consumers in the state of flow are so involved in an activity that nothing else seems to matter. The experience is so fulfilling that it becomes self-perpetuating. And so what I want you to think about when it comes to customer journey is that at every step, 
in your world when a customer is in it. They're having an experience. And that experience is not just about the product or service. That's only about 5% of it. The other 95% is everything that happens around it on your social media, when they see your posts, when they get their emails, what the emails are talking about, how they feel connected to them. And what I want everybody to remember is that when human beings make a decision to buy something, to opt into something, to follow somebody, it's an emotional decision. And that emotional decision is based on safety. And so I can't think of a time where I've ever been on Instagram, saw somebody's content, made me feel unsafe, and I followed it. Or I was thinking about buying a product, made me feel unsafe. And then I you know, bought it. I didn't. I didn't feel safe, so I couldn't do it. And when we think about customer experiences, we forget that when somebody comes in, when these things that happen with this boredom exists or frustration, even though it has nothing to do with our product and service, when those moments start to happen, it makes people feel unsafe. And when they get unsafe, in the catalyst, I talk about this, when Jonah Berger talks about this, the reactance turns on, right? The anti-missile guidance system turns off. The walls go up because something doesn't feel right. No different than if you have somebody sign up to go, you know, do their first public speech and they're all good. And then right before they can't go out on stage because someone just assumed that they'd be able to do it rather than walk them there and help them prep, right? We, we think about these moments all the time where we've committed to something and then we've started and it's become so overwhelming we've stopped or we've committed to something and then something else in our life has happened and it got in the way of it. And we needed a reminder or somebody in our life to help remind us of the workout or that thing or that mindset or that song or whatever that thing is. And so we have to remember that our customers are going through this same experience. Even if they're just giving you their email, there's probably something in their life that isn't working that they want to gain or they want to learn or they want to benefit from, which means they're looking to grow and looking to learn, which means they're aware that something isn't working. That means that there might be some trauma or some frustration or some bad habits And so we have to remember this when we think about customer journeys is it's not just the product or service. Those are the things that get people's attention. And those are the bridges to the after state. It's the relationship that we build with them and how we chunk it down that helps them win. And so the way that I like to think about it is I like to think that I'm a personal trainer for my customers, no matter what business I'm in, whether I'm in the marketing business, the optometry business, the the supplement business, I'm the personal trainer. And I have all the workouts and they come to me and they're like, I want to do this workout with collagen. I'm like, amazing. You've never taken collagen before. So let me just get everybody on the same foundation. Here's what to know about collagen. Here's what to boom. Here's how to take it every day. And you titrate that down. When you start to think like that, it allows you to think about removing the blocks and the frustration, the boredom. And so the way that I teach customer journey a lot of the times that I have for years is I ask my clients to imagine that their dream customer that they're about to sell this product or service to is walking into their door and they're going to walk up to your desk and you have one minute to have a conversation with them, but you're only allowed to give them one thing to do every single day to help them succeed with whatever it is that you promised them. And you write down every single thing on a sticky note and you're like, oh my God, the first day I'd want to celebrate them. And I want to say, good job, you signed up. And I'm like, that's the acknowledge step I teach you. And then you're like, the next day, I'd want to tell them what we were doing over the next couple of months. So they felt ready. I'm like, that's the prepare step I teach you. And they're like, then I want to tell them like what their life is going to be like and how amazing it is so they can start to dream and be excited. I'm like, oh, that's the project step I teach you. And then you're like, oh, but I also want to give them a plan because I know we're going to be doing this and we might make mistakes and we might stumble, but this is about progress, not perfection. And that's the pre-handle step I teach you. And then I want to say, hey, that's everything we need to get started. So now that we have a plan, we're prepped. We can start the race tomorrow. Let's start. Here's day one of the thing I said we were doing. 
go. And that's the excite step that gets them going. And then we give them step by step by step until they're running the program or doing the workout as prescribed. And when you think about customer journey like that, that's where you start to win the game. And so start to think about these things. And I'm going to give you some some questions or some thoughts with creative ideas and questions to ask in your existing life, in your existing customer journeys, on your social media. Start thinking about the places where there might be friction, where people might want what we have, but we don't realize it's six steps too complicated, or we're getting in the way, or we think they're watching the video, but something in the email is overwhelming and they're not getting that step complete. We have to be willing to take a peek at these things and ask some of these questions. So here's some thoughts for you. So number one, what are some of the points in your customer journey that are causing frustration? And so here are some ways to think about this. And this is how I do it. The first thought I do is like, okay, cool. How would I feel if my wife, my mother, my daughter, my son, my friend went through this journey, right? And so for me, I'll go through it and I'll start to see if there's any frustration or sticking points. There are times I can see it. There are times there are not. The next thing I do is I'll have my team go through it. And then I'll have my friends go through it. I'll have people in my life that I trust, both business people and then people that have no clue what to do with business. And then sometimes I'll reach out to people on my Instagram DMs and I'll be like, hey, listen, I'm building this new customer journey. You're an incredible fan, friend, customer, whatever. I would love it if you could help me go through this. And I'll ask them. And so I have them go through and I ask them, give me feedback that causes any sort of reaction. I was like, did this feel hard or did this feel overwhelming? And then I ask them like, were you excited to do this? And they're like, no, I'm like, what would have gotten you excited? What would you want to have heard? Like, what would you want to see? And I just iterate it quite a few times through everything, through an onboarding process, through an application process, through watching the video I text you, through the handwritten card that I send you in the mail, through uh, our checkout process, through our card abandonment process, through our DMs on Instagram. So anywhere where you're interacting with your customers before you do that, have people you know, like, and trust that will also be honest with you that can consume it and be like, yeah, I would need this and I would need this because it will give you a better frame of reference. Because remember, no customer journey is ever complete. It's never perfect, just like no relationship is. It's something that we always work on to get the best version, to get the best result. So then another thing you can do is you can look at your current buyer's journey and see how often do your current current customers repurchase or maybe they don't at all. What is a way you can target those customers and add some excitement to your products and services? And so when you think about your buyer's journey, your buyer's journey, you can think about this in a physical product, in a digital product. In a physical product, maybe you're selling a supplement and you notice that everybody buys twice and then they stop buying. Well, for me, that gives me a lot of information. My first thought would be like, oh, most people probably aren't taking it consistently, so they're not running out because I didn't help them establish a habit. But that's through years of doing this. My first thought would have been like, oh, our product sucks. But I would then look at it and I'd start reaching out to customers that haven't bought in 60 days that bought twice. And I'd be like, I'd love it if you could just tell me why you stopped buying my product, right? And so when we start to ask these questions and we start to look at it from the 30,000 foot view objectively, not taking it personal, right? It's not, I'm not a failure because somebody only buys my product twice. I'm not a failure because... I sold you my course and you only made it through video seven. That does not make me a failure. That makes me a success. And it also means that the workout that I laid out needs some adjustment. And I have to be able to look at it objectively without taking it personally so I can adjust the playbook in my play, adjust the play in my playbook, get back on the field and execute it again and see if that one wins. And so you look at your current buyer's journey, whether it's a physical product or a digital product, and you start looking for patterns or behaviors or things that aren't working. And then you try to identify where to find that information. 
So first, go to your team, go to your friends. But for me, I always like to go straight to the source. So I will go straight to the customer. If somebody asks me for a refund, I will be the first one to get on a call, ask them why, how I can make it better, honor their refund, of course, learn from them, do it. If I have customers that you know stopped buying and then they didn't buy for 90 days, I will send out an email with like a thank you, an apology, and ask if they could just help me understand what I could do better. I will do surveys. I will do anything that I can to figure out exactly what might be causing the bleeding or what might be causing the pain so that I can adjust the workout to allow people to get back into what it is that I have. Because for me, what I know about most people is your product, your service, your offer is probably exactly how it's supposed to be. It's probably incredible. And most people think that when we fail, it's because there was probably something in the product or service, but I'm telling you it's not. 99% of the time, it's in the context, the programming, the workout, the way that we give it to people that gets them into momentum to keep them consuming it, keep them using it, or keep them learning through it to apply the principles. And so unless you have a shit product, a product that doesn't work, a product that no one's ever gotten a benefit from, a course that no one's ever learned anything from, you're not in this bucket. So typically you have to be looking at it through this lens so you can figure out what's getting in the way of people getting the result in that amazing thing that you have. So then a third thing you can do, and I think you should be doing this often, and I mean as often as possible. It's one of my marketing laws that I teach you. Everything you do has to be learning or serving your customers are ideal customers. And this is that exactly. So you can poll your audience and ask them, what would get them excited to be able to do, have, or be able to participate in? And so when you think about your business, you make a product and service, but your client is your teammate. Your customer is your teammate. Because in reality, you're making it for them. And you're designing an ecosystem where they will pay you money in exchange for what you have to help them get a result. No different than somebody would go into a gym, pay them money to use their equipment to work out and get it or hire a trainer or go into a restaurant. And so the more in relationship you can be with your customers, the more frequently, not about just your product and service, but other things in their life that light them up, that they like to do, hobbies or the way that they look at their life, or do they love routines? Do they love structure? Do they love, you know, what do they love? Do they love reminders on their phone? Do they love quotes? The more that you can pull them, and ask them and involve them in the process, the more you're building it with them. And one of the big things that we teach at our events, Alex Sharfin's incredible. He comes in and teaches us our event quite frequently. And we have it in our backstage pass if you want access to it for like 300 bucks. Um, But it's called a movement, right? And it's how to create an actual movement, i.e. like a cult of people that love what you stand for and go execute it into the world. And part of that is knowing what makes them tick, how they communicate, how they use the product, how they live their life. And so the more that you can do this, the more you have to input into the journey, both in their behaviors, how they see the world, in their habits, and in how they implement things that will help you get the result that you want them to help. But you have to be willing to sit with these things and ask questions. And so when you sit and ask the right questions and you just think about the journey, you're going to find a lot of areas where you can make simple improvements. They take a minute or two. And, and everybody has, for years has always told me how impactful some of the simple Instagram tips are. And so I'll tell you an example. In this same lens of today's conversation, when thinking about friction and thinking about touch points, everyone always says it's so easy to get a lead magnet from me. And I was like, well, yeah. So how that started was I loved when people followed me. Like I love meeting people. I love connecting with people. And I was like, how cool would it be to send a DM? 
And then I would send a DM and then a few people were like, oh, I didn't respond because I didn't know it was you. I thought this might be a bot. And I was like, I don't like that. That's friction for me. It's getting in the way of connecting with somebody who just followed me. I was like, well, I'll just send a personalized video because I don't want to send an audio. I'll show them my face. So I just started sending 10 second videos. And lo and behold, it like changes my career. I teach it. It changes people's business. But for me, it was because there was friction getting in the way of that person connecting with me and I wanted to connect with them. And so the next example would be lead magnets, right? And so, you know, for me, I had uh, I had a lead magnet. And I was like, hey, if you, you know, go to this page, do whatever, you can have it. And people like, I can't find it. And so I was like, I'm going to put this in a Google document. I'll make it easy. I wanted people to have access to the video that I made because I knew it was helpful. And I wanted them to have it as fast as possible. I didn't care if I got their email. It didn't matter. And so I was like, I'm going to put it in a Google document and I'm going to write some text on like what's in the video, how to implement it. And I'll, I'll embed the YouTube video right there in the Google document and I'll put a link to it. And so I grabbed the link to the Google document and I made a shortcut for it on my phone, like a bit.ly link. And then I just started telling people, I was like, I'll make this really, really easy for you. If you just reply to this story or you send me a DM with the word blank, um, I don't remember the word, I will send you the link directly into your inbox. Because for me, I was like, okay, if they click through and then they put their email in and then they go check their inbox and then they go click on the video and they get to YouTube, I'm like, these people, they could be so distracted. I might lose them. I'm like, how can I get at them? I'm like, I can't put the video in their inbox and I need context. I was like a Google Doc. That is the easiest way. And I started doing that and the the numbers were insane and people started watching, they started doing it. And then they'd be like, where can I give you my email? I'm like, don't worry about that yet. But it also turned into how I taught customer journey and how I'm able to get 80% open rates at scale because it's all about removing friction, right? And open rates in emails and click rates in emails have less to do with the subject line and the copy than it does to do with the relationship with the person and the context with the habits, rituals, and behaviors that are built around it so that it becomes something that people want to have in their life. And so my invitation with you for today is to sit with these things, to take some intentional time and carve out space to look at your customer journey, space to find friction in your customer journey, and space to remove it, to make this fun and realize that the more you look at this and the more you create these environments and experiences for your customers, deeper than just the product and service, the faster you're going to actually achieve the result it is that you want. You will make more money. You will have a bigger audience. You will have more customers. You will have more referrals. But in order for those things to happen, you need one core component, which is a relationship. And when we make an offer to somebody to help them with something, to give us their email in exchange for X or to give us their credit card in exchange for X, we can't build a relationship with them until we at first fill the hole that was opened when we said we were going to help them. And then once we fill it, they will stick around and be with us forever, even if they don't buy our products. And that's where relationships happen. So when you think through this podcast, you remove those friction points that allow them to fill that hole, and then they become your teammate and a part of your movement forever because you genuinely helped and they wanted to be a part of it. So that's my invitation for you today. I'm going to end the podcast. I am right on time to leave for the airport. Uh, I'm a minute over, but I'm still going to make it. Have an absolutely beautiful day. I'm going to go crush this keynote in Scottsdale. Shout out to my girl, Raquel. I'm on my way to your event, girl. Um, and I will see you guys soon. So remember that relationships will always beat algorithms. I will either see you in the next episode or you will hear me in your earballs. But either way, we are out. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Mind of George Show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. 
Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.